You are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind. I'm your host, Michael Byer, the best in the business. Once again, back is in business. Forgive me. Joined as always by my faithful co-host, Nate Christian. Nate, welcome back again. We did it, Mike. We did it. I yeah. am finishing the regular season. It's the number two team in Scott Fishbowl. I love this. This is this is going on my Twitter bio. This is going on a plaque at my <laughs> office at work. This is you know. If if I had a Tinder profile, it would be on that. You know, this is the crowning achievement of my fantasy career, Mike. I, I love working with you and everything we've done before, but second place in the regular season of Scott Fishbowl with the Kirk Cousins injury, I don't know how I did it. Man, all I can tell you is that. Takes every single inch of it. Yes, he does. Now, bring it home and represent the Rewind. I want to see you win this whole thing. And I think you can do it um, as long as that Sam Howell bye week. Yeah, that's good. I got a lot of week 13, week 14 buys, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, hey, be active in the waiver wire. And it's a shame that you can't make any trades, but that's okay because you guys that are listening still can. And today we're talking about players that we're buying, selling, holding, and the caveat, avoiding in your Dynasty Fantasy Football Leagues. Now, I do want to preface this by saying, we may only be avoiding these players because we have to choose one to avoid. Because Bob made us avoid he, the players. I mean, I'm not trying to pin it all on Bob, but I am going to say I'm not happy with you right now, Bob, because you gave me some really hard choices to make here. And I wasn't liking it. But it's all about critical thinking. You guys have to do it. Sometimes I even do it. Not very often. Let's get into it. Nate. Let's start it off, and you tell me what you're doing with Jalen Waddle. Buying, yeah. selling, holding, avoiding. I'm buying Jalen Waddle, Mike, because Jalen Waddle is a top 12 dynasty wide receiver on a top 12 offense with a top 12 quarterback and a top 12 head coach moving forward. Bingo. Everything is together for Jalen Waddle to be great, except for Tyreek Hill's there. But Jalen Waddle, still, we've seen him productive last year with Tyreek Hill. He hasn't been as consistently productive this year with Tyreek Hill. But don't overthink this one. You know, if, if you want to, even if like you're a rebuilding team, Jalen Waddle is a great target right now because there's teams that are, you know, contending and maybe don't want Jalen Waddle. So it's a great opportunity to go buy him. Move Stefan Diggs for Jalen Waddle. Probably can make that trade straight up. I'll you might be able, even be able to get something like a third or something on top of it if the team is a contending team and wants to make that trade. I love that. Jalen Waddle, accessible right now. Love it. I love it. And I'm also buying Jalen Waddle because. Like you, I love the offense. It's top 12 offense. As Porkman would say, quoting him here, I need parts. He's only 24. He averages 13.4 fantasy points per game. And look, last year he finished his wide receiver eight, and he had 15.2 fantasy points per game. I don't know why it's down a little bit. I don't watch a ton of the Dolphins. But what I know is this. He's still a fantastic wide receiver. He's yep. only 24 years old. We know Tyreek has an end game. And, yes, I know it's in 2025 but they've worked together before. They'll be fine. You know, you can move players like, uh, let's see. I saw some trades here. Christian Watson, Demario Douglas, and a 24 first for Jalen Waddle. I'd like to get a little bit back on top of that. These are all pulled from yeah. BLF's trade finder, by the way. 
Joe Mixon, a 25 second and 25 third for Jalen Waddle. Oh, easy money. A 24 first and a 24 fourth. That's yeah. great. And then, you know, I'll pay a first and a second for him. I'd stagger it. He's an established player and a good offense, and he has good report with Tua, and that's important. I do think Tua gets – has Tua been extended or I, – I Not yet. Tua Not yet. Yeah. We'll see. All right. Now let's move on. Nate, what are you doing with Minnesota Vikings wide receiver Jordan Addison, who you were very high on before the I, season? I love Jordan Addison, but in this situation with these players that we're going to be talking about, I got to sell Jordan Addison, Mike. Okay. I got to sell Jordan Addison, and I hate to do it, but the quarterback situation is unknown um, moving forward because Kirk Cousins is a free agent coming off the injury. I don't know who's going to be Jordan Addison's quarterback next year. I don't know if it's going to be a quarterback that can support two high-level wide receivers or not because no matter what the quarterback is for the Minnesota Vikings, Justin Jefferson's going to do well. But if that quarterback isn't a great quarterback, it's going to be hard for Jordan Addison also to reach those high levels. And this is coming from a guy who loves Jordan Addison's. But so in this opportunity, we're going to have to sell him. Can I make a move for maybe Brandon Ayuk, who really helped me out against you this past weekend? I got ayuk You did. <laughs> or maybe can I go after like T. Higgins? You know, Jordan Addison yeah. on keep trade cut at least is, is pretty high above T. Higgins right now. A lot of people are down on T. Higgins right now. You may have to get something on top of T. Higgins for Jordan Addison right now. I think it's worth exploring because his value is so high. I think it is a good value right now on Jordan Addison. I think it's a fair value, but it's high because wide receiver is a replaceable position. So worth exploring what you can do selling Jordan Addison right now. What I can tell you is that I'm holding Jordan Addison, and he's having a productive rookie campaign because he's really had to. Unlike Quentin Johnston, he's making the most of his opportunities. Get this, Nate. When the ball hits him in the hands, he catches it. Love which that. Which is a crazy thing for a wide receiver to do. But this is also on a team without its two best players in Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. The Vikings are cobbling together a team with Dobbs, their running back situation. They have Alexander Madison and Ty Chandler. Cam Akers is out for the season. By the way, if you haven't cut Cam Akers yet, I think you can go ahead and do that. But I just want to talk about Yeah. I want to talk about the splits. Okay. Because there's times where he was with Justin Jefferson and without. All right. So with him, five games, 29 targets, 19 catches, 249 yards, and three touchdowns. Without him, six games, 43 targets, 29 catches. 398 yards and four touchdowns. So regardless, that touchdown production has been there. We, yep. we see that. He's getting a lot of targets. He's flourishing. I think he only gets better from here regardless of the quarterback situation. We've seen quarterbacks they've had in there. Kellen Mond was a draft pick. They had Jake Browning for a while behind Kirk Cousins. So maybe they even re-signed Kirk. I don't know. Aaron Rodgers maybe. might be back to play this year. Maybe. Just, you know, Maybe Aaron Rodgers goes to the Vikings, completes the Brett Favre cycle. Who knows? That would be hilarious. But isn't he under contract for a few more years in New York? Yes. Yes. Good for him. All right. So let's move on. And Nate, tell me what you are doing with Los Angeles Rams wide receiver, Puka Nakua. They should still be in St. Louis, but that's not the point. What are you doing with Puka? Yeah, I'm going right down the line here. I'm holding Puka Nakua. Okay. Um, you know, we, we saw what he could do with Cooper Cup. We saw what he could do without Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is currently injured. Don't know the you know final status on him. I heard that he was trying to get back in the game, but his ankle just wasn't quite there. So I don't know how long he'll be out, but Puka Nakua, we've seen the production at a high level already. Matthew Stafford's back in the offense. I'm not trying to get rid of Nakua. 
I'm not avoiding him. I'm just holding on to him right now, continuing to ride out the production that we've seen this year. And then maybe we can reassess in the offseason, you know, see what the Rams do. If they do want to move in a different direction uh, with their offense, if some guys leave, then might be looking somewhere else with Puka Nakua or might be uh, buying him. We're not sure, but I want to hold him for the rest of the season and enjoy the fantasy points that have been coming. If I'm contending, I'm clearly going to keep him, but I'm going to sell otherwise, and I like him. But his current value, and I'll get to that in a second, I'll gladly move him. I really don't know what the Rams are going to look like after this year. It could be a lot worse. It could really be a lot worse. So I'd rather bank on a prospect that I like more. If I can get Malik Neighbors, I'd rather have him, to be honest with you, because as per last week's pod, one of them that we did, his value was a mid-24 first and a mid-24 second. And this is a guy that was drafted in the third, fourth, fifth rounds of rookie drafts in some cases. By the way, everyone who voted in the poll that I put up on Spotify, all seven of you, thank you very much. Thank they you. also said that they would make that move too to sell Puka Nakua for that price. By the way, not many people like their Keaton Mitchell trade. We'll get into that later. Ooh. But that's why I'm selling Puka. Um, so let's also talk about our last one. It sounds like we're both going to be avoiding Devonta Smith. Unfortunately. And I honestly was kind of flip-flopping a little bit here, Nate, because yep. I can make a case for my buy being both Waddle and Devonta Smith. Now you got to avoid them. Yeah, and it stinks because I really don't want to avoid either of those guys. But the fact of the matter is he is the second, sometimes third op option on a wildly inconsistent offense this year. Um, and that's why he was my avoid. Anything to add to Devonta Smith? Yeah, I'm also avoiding Devonta Smith. You know, his price is still pretty high. And, you know, he has not been able to keep up with A.J. Brown so far this season. So, I'm yeah. kind of waiting for his price tag to go down a little bit before I start investing again in Devonta Smith, which I will do if it goes down because I love the player. Of course. So why don't you reiterate for me what you're doing or who your buy, sell, hold, and avoid is? Yeah. So I'm buying Jalen Waddle. I'm selling Jordan Addison, holding Puka Nakua, and I'm avoiding Devonta Smith. All right. And I'm buying Jalen Waddle. I'm selling Puka Nakua. I'm holding Jordan Addison and avoiding Devontae Smith. So let's talk about some running backs, some young running backs, too. Um, Nate, let's start off. What are you doing with Rashad White? Yeah, Rashad White, this is a productive running back. The Buccaneers are feeding him, you know, almost all the backfield touches. It's going to be that way for the rest of the season. I don't know what it looks like after the season, but he's still in his rookie contract for another, you know, couple seasons. So I'm not going to be too worried about it. I'm willing to, you know, buy him right now. I'm willing to pay two seconds for him because that's what you got to pay for a productive running back. And I think he does have a chance to keep the job um, going into next year because he's been really productive for that team. He's a great receiving back, finds the end zone when he gets the opportunity. I love Rashad White. I've been trying to buy him all season. I think the buy window is, is closing now um, because people are starting to catch up that Rashad White's a good running back, especially for fantasy. And I'm also buying him for that reason. I also don't necessarily believe that Tampa Bay adds a running back next year. I think they'd be more likely to invest highly in a quarterback, which would be good if you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All due respect to Baker Mayfield, he's been good for them, but he's a limited quarterback. We're seeing that. I also thought we'd see a little bit more Sean Tucker, by the way. So. Um, kind of surprised we haven't, but I don't know. It is what it is. Yeah. Here's some trades I pulled from DLF's Trade Finder. I saw him straight up for Noah Brown. Noah Brown's been really good this year but probably a guy that you got cheaper picked up off waivers. If you need a running back, this is a trade you make. As long the as you RB6 have, we're talking about right now. In as long season. as you have the wide receiver depth, 
you should get something back for it. That was a straight up trade. Uh, Rashad White for a second and a third. And then, you know, there were times he was also traded straight up for Josh Downs, Nico Collins, or Jameson Williams. Mm. I don't mind the demo for Rashad White any day. Yeah, I don't mind the second or third package personally, uh, but I think he's going to be around for a little bit, at least another year. And then we go from there. So, Nate, now I need you to tell me what you're doing with Los Angeles Rams running back Kyron Williams, the Rams representing on the Dynasty Rewind today. Yeah, I'm avoiding Kyron Williams like I have done all season, Mike. You know, at this point, I'm just doubling down because I don't believe in Kyron Williams. I don't believe in the Rams' backfield being a consistent place. Now, if Kyron Williams goes out there over the next two weeks, looks great. I will have to start changing my tune. But then we're going to go into the offseason. And I, I don't think that Kyron Williams has had the production long enough or the draft capital or the investment you know, financially to be a guy that's just slated in for next year to be the RB1 for the Rams. And with him missing time recently, you know, he's got a couple weeks left. So if you're a contending team, he might be a good push. um, If you can get him late, uh, like some good value, like a late second, early third, it's what I'm willing to pay for him. But long-term, I mean, Sean McVay just cut Daryl Henderson. He just started for like the last week, you know, Sean McVay is just churning running backs. Kyron Williams will be the next guy at the door if he stops, you know, being the hot hand. And that's why I'm also avoiding Kyron Williams. He's coming off an injury. I don't know if I want to invest long-term in the Rams backfield because I don't think they want to know or they know who they want to invest in long-term in the Rams backfield. So I'm just going to avoid that situation right now until there's more clarity. And if I have to pay up for more clarity and more consistency, I'm completely fine with that. You're not going to get Kyron Williams for what his value should be, and that's why I will avoid. Um, so, Nate, now you're going to tell me what you're doing with Pittsburgh Steelers running back Jalen Warren. Is this Jalen Warren, you know, free Jalen Warren time now that Matt Canada's out of there? Maybe. But tell me what you're doing. Maybe. I'm going to hold on to him because with this offensive coordinator change, I want to see what happens. You know, we did talk about it. The running back coach is coming up to be the interim offensive coordinator. So I expect the ground game to be an emphasis. I expect Jalen Warren to get touches. I don't, I, w- I don't want to sell or buy though at this point, because I want to see how it plays out first. Like I said before, I'm risk adverse. I want to see how this plays out. Najee Harris is still going to have a role. Um, I want to see how they manage the touches between the two of those guys. If they get them both involved, if they go to a, you know, 50, 50 split, if someone takes a lead, I want to see how this plays out before I start investing draft picks or, you know, good players for Jalen Warren, but where I have him certainly holding on to him because he's been productive so far this season. You know, he ranks um, pretty highly in the league in a lot of different explosive um, categories. You know, anyone with 50 carries or more, he's top of the league with yards per carry. So he's getting plays down the field. He's making big plays, holding on to him. Yeah, I mean, I I get that, but I will tell you that I'm going to sell the hype train on Jalen Warren because for all we know, this running back coach could just want one running back. He might just want to pound it with Najee, which would put you on the outside looking in. So I'm selling the hype. He was named the starter, and he was productive, of course, on my bench because I sat him against a tough Cleveland Browns offense. Thank you for bringing up my bench points. But, you know, some of the trades that I saw, um, people moving Jalen Moore in a second and fourth for Rasheed Rice. I don't know if I like that one so much. Um, tell me no. what you think about this one. Somebody traded Drake London for Jalen Warren in the first. I'll take take Jalen Warren in the first. Yeah, um, I will too in that circumstance. If I could get a second for him, 
or multiple seconds. It would have to be multiple at least. I would strongly yep. consider it. He was a guy who was probably UDFA after your rookie draft. He was UDFA in the NFL as well, or a fourth or fifth round pick. So I try not to hammer people too much unless they're superstars, which Jalen Warren is not. Yeah. Is James Cook. Tell me what you're doing with him. <laughs> well, at this point, I'm selling him, I guess. Um, you know, James Cook, he's had some good games. He's been a little inconsistent. Latavius Murray's got, you know, didn't do so well this past week, but the week before that, you know, had a good run. So he's he got 10 touches this past week, actually. So he's getting some play, too. Um, you know, they're definitely passing the ball a ton. I just think for James Cook's value right now, I'm selling him because I don't believe in the long-term viability of James Cook. I think he's a great committee back, but I think this is really his peak. So willing to move him. If I can get a first for James Cook, very happy with that. I'm also happy to move, make a lateral move over to Zach Charbonnet, who I think is going to be a guy that's um, going to come into his own over the next couple of weeks if Kenneth Walker's out, um, because he's already been getting more run, especially through receiving game over the last couple of weeks. He so you probably, get some, you probably get something on top with Zach Charbonnet as well. Yeah, he's opened up that screen game. So uh, that's, what, that's what I want to do with James Cook is move him off my roster, you know, see what I can get for him. I think his value is pretty good right now. You won't believe this, but I'm going to hold James Cook. All right. Because the committee is not as much of, his, of a committee as we thought it was going to be. I looked into it. They have been splitting like we thought we would. He's got 137 carries. Latavius Murray only has 61. He's the next highest Buffalo running back. And Josh Allen, who everyone says is their back, only has 53. James Cook has a 5.0 yards per carry average. He's startable, and I just don't think you could get what you would want to get for him at the moment. Hmm. In which case, I'm going to fire him up. I'm going to put him in my starting lineup. And what you guys are going to do is you're going to hang out here for a minute or two, well, a couple seconds. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. All right, so welcome back, everyone. And now we're going to start it off. Nate, this one's got to be tugging at your heartstrings here. What are you doing with Mark Andrews? Buying, selling, holding, avoiding. Yeah, I'm buying. And I think everyone knows that. I'm buying Mark Andrews. I, I love the value dip on we, injured players. Go ahead, Mike. What? No, we know you're buying Mark Andrews. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm buying Mark Andrews. Okay. Still a candidate one for the tight end one over the next five years. Still under 30. He's going to come back from this injury possibly before the end of the season at this point. But either way, he's going to be 100% healthy by week one of next season. So... You know, you're buying now, you're getting that deflated value because he's, he's going to go straight back up to being a top three tight end in Dynasty as soon as he hits the field next next year. So, or even at the end of the rec playoffs. So you might not have the buy window in the offseason that you usually have with injured players. You know, they have that season ending in injury. Mark Andrews might get back on the field before the, your rookie draft. So you need to go buy Mark Andrews now. That's what I'm going to go do. Um, looking at some similar values along the internet, Austin Eckler is a guy that's still, you know, ranked about Mark Andrews right now. You know, you find a competing team that needs a running back, and maybe they have um, Kyle Pitts or, you know, some other – maybe they have Cole Komet, and they're happy just keeping Cole Komet in their tight end spot because he's top 10 tight end so far this year. Go give somebody Austin Eckler, get Mark Andrews if you're a rebuilding team or a team that's not looking forward, uh, you know, points this year. I love buying Mark Andrews right now. Um, tearing up. With a tight end like Cole Komet, Dalton Schultz, Trey McBride, any one of those guys in a 24 first for Mark Andrews, I'm willing to make that too. Uh, like a late 24 first, absolutely. Um, even a mid, I would consider if it's tight end premium. 
Well, Nate, I hate to do this to you, but I'm actually going to sell Mark Andrews. Because if I could turn Mark, if I could turn Mark Andrews into Sam Laporta, I'm going to do that. If I could try, I think I could still get the most for him out of this whole list that we've compiled, and we'll get there, even with the injury. And plus, I want to kind of slightly irritate you. Um, <laughs> you know, so some trades I pulled. Um, I saw somebody traded Trey McBride straight up for Mark Andrews. Uh, I get that that's a move that you want to make if you're a competing team, but I think you could have done better there. I saw Andrews and a couple trades move for Madison and uh, George Kittle move for a first and a 25 second. But if I could do Andrews for Sam Laporta, I would consider doing it straight up just because Andrews is injured. But if I could do Andrews for Laporta in a second, I would gladly do that. Get a little bit younger get a guy who's still playing. And guess what, Nate? Sam I need Laporta, to go knock on some doors. You do. Sam Laporta is the tight end five right now. One spot behind Mark Andrews, so he's still moving up. We know Andrews is going to bump down because of the injury, but still, Laporta, man, he's out there. He's doing it up. Let's get back to it, and let's talk about what we're doing with Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver T. Higgins. I'm holding on to T. Higgins, Mike. Okay. Um, People are down on him, so I don't think you can sell him for good value right now. I think the sell window for T. Higgins was earlier this season. I think we talked about it on this show, actually, um, you know, like week five or something like that. We said, if you want to sell T. Higgins, this is the time to move off of him. And since that, you know, he hasn't been super productive. He has dealt with injuries. He's dealt with the inconsistency of, you know, just being the wide receiver across from Jamar Chase. But the talent is still there. It is. And he's going to be a free agent after this season. And, you know, it, it's there's not much going on rest of this season because of the Burrow injury. And, you know, I don't think T. Higgins and Jamar Chase are both going to be super productive with Browning, unfortunately. But yeah. T. Higgins is a guy I'm holding. I think there's also a case to buy him. Um, Mike, do you want to make that case? Yeah, I do want to buy him because they already said they're not going to resign him. I don't know why they said it so early because what <laughs> – you know what I mean? That would be like if your boss says, I'm not going to, you're not going to work here after December 31st. What do you, what motivation do you really have to go in there and give it your all? But we've seen what he could do and he's going to go somewhere. He could very easily be team's number one wide receiver. Just please don't let that team be the New England Patriots because we see what happens when guys go there. I want to buy in on the injury dip for the future. So there's some trades I pulled Jameson Williams and a 24 first for a T Higgins and a 25 third. I don't necessarily hate that. I hate giving up the first, but I'm okay with giving up Jamison Williams. Yeah. Here's one that I kind of struggle with a little bit. Amon Ross St. Brown for T. Higgins and Trey McBride. Like, I think I, we need to do a I, price, price I check on Trey McBride because people I don't mind that. Crazy. Um, Jahan Dotson, 24 first for T. Higgins. Okay. So kind of if you think about it, that's like trading a first and second for him right now. Yeah, essentially. So um, I'm buying in on T. Higgins. Now, Nate, you're going to tell me what you're doing with Denver Broncos running back Javante Williams. You know, I was buying Javante Williams all this season. And what's happening now? Over the last four games, he's averaged 14.9 fantasy points, Mike. Javante Williams is back. So I'm avoiding him, naturally. <laughs> because I already bought. The buy window is closed, closing now. Um, you know, he he's worth a first now if you're going to go get Javante Williams you're probably going to move a first because he's been productive recently it was earlier in the season when you can get him for a second that's when the Javante buy window was around that's when we talked about him but as current value 
I'm not looking to buy. I'm just avoiding him because there is still the injury. There's still the Broncos offense that hasn't looked consistently great. So with the cost that it takes to get Javante Williams right now, you know, looking at like, you know, two seconds uh, plus or a late first plus, I'm not, I'm not looking for Javante Williams. I'm avoiding. What are you doing, Mike? I'm going to hold them because I got right. a lot of shares. I don't like buying running backs in season. You know that. I've been outspoken about that. And buying a starting running back is even worse. I have hopes he could be a stud. Nate, you touched on his fantasy points per game. I'm going to hold on for a bit. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm also avoiding the 24 first because uh, that's just how it shook out. Plus, all my 24 firsts are going to be the 112. So, all right, Mike. We're having a better year this year, huh? I am. And look, one of the things, one of the reasons I'm having a better year is because I've been focusing more. We talked in a past episode, me setting roster lineups on Tuesday so I could see my holes as soon as possible. That yeah. did not sound good. Um, but why don't you tell me what you're doing with the 24 first name? Yeah. In this, in this case, I'm selling the 2024 first okay. and the late 2024 first. And I actually have a good case for it, Mike. I was thinking about it. Tell me. You can get some pretty good deals right now for teams that are looking to rebuild. You know, they they want a first-round pick. You're starting to have managers that aren't looking at the rest of the season. You're having managers that are looking at next season. And they're willing to, quote-unquote, lose on a deal that they think they're going to win when they look back six months from now. And if you're a team that's contending, this is the time to sell your late 24 first and make that push if you can get a good value from a rebuilding team. That's where you find the values in trades is when you're looking and working with a trade partner that is on a different timeline than you, that has different values. That way you can kind of, uh, you know, just to bluntly say it, exploit that value. But in their case, they're also exploiting the value because you go and trade a late 2024 first. Say you go and you get Saquon Barkley for a late 2024 first, just a single first straight up because you have a rebuilding team that wants to move off of Saquon Barkley. You're probably going to, have to add something onto that. Sorry, you can't just trade a late 24 first for Barkley, but you can get him cheaper from a rebuilding team than a contending team or a team that's in the middle that isn't quite sure where they want to go. So use his late 24 first, try to dangle him out there for those rebuilding teams and see what values you can find. So, Nate, let's go back over it. Uh, just uh, reiterate your buy, sell, hold, avoid here. Yep, I'm buying Mark Andrews. I'm selling the late 2024 firsts. I'm holding on the T Higgins. I'm avoiding Javante Williams. Wow, this is the one that you and I were completely off on. I'm buying T Higgins, selling Mark Andrews, holding Javante Williams, and avoiding a 24 first. So, Nate, like, you, how many leagues are you in? Uh, I think 18, 19. All right, so in all 19 of your leagues, you now have to replace Mark Andrews because you probably have him in all those leagues. I think I only, about 50% of leagues. So, yeah. I think the only leagues I have Mark Andrews in are leagues I'm not in with you. Probably. But what are we doing with Trey McBride if we want to try to replace Mark Andrews with Trey McBride? Buying, selling, holding, avoiding. I'm selling Trey McBride. Okay. Uh, I love what he's done so far, of course. But, like, you just talked about it, Mike. The value that Trey McBride's fetching in some of these deals, you know, he's, he's being valued at a first-round pick now um, by some people who are, you know, trying to get on to the next hot thing at tight end. And I get it. I'm not totally against it. I think Trey McBride's going to be a good tight end. I think it will be a top 12 tight end, you know, especially if, you know, Kyler Murray's a long-term quarterback there, or if it's some other quarterback, either way, it's going to be a good quarterback. Trey McBride is going to be a top three target for that offense. I love it. But the tight end landscape, as I said in an earlier podcast, just got a huge influx of talent. And with that, 
the scarcity of the value of the position is less. And we still have to, you know, see this kind of play a little bit more, you know, make sure that all of these guys who flashed so far this year are, are true, consistent um, tight end talents in the NFL. But if that comes to fruition, which it's looking like it is, these guys aren't as valuable because you're not, you know, getting such a rare commodity, you know, grabbing a top 12 tight end anymore. You know, there's going to be a, a lot of top 12 tight ends again in a, in a different way where it used to be, oh, you only have like the top five. Now there's going to be like 15 guys that you kind of want. It's it's a different it's a different landscape out here. So I'm not willing to, you know, pay so much for a tight end. And I think Trey McBride, you can kind of use that value right now. Go get a first for him. I'm going to avoid Trey McBride. I actually like all the players on this list. I know. But the guys that I'm buying, selling, holding, guys that I just feel a little more consistent on better offenses and, you know, selling the player that I feel that I can cash in on the most. Um, but we'll get to those guys and the reasons why. Nate, now you're going to tell me what you are doing with Dallas Cowboys tight end, Jake Ferguson. All of a sudden, the Dallas Cowboys are like some sort of tight end factory. And they had Witten for a while. They went to Dalton Schultz. There was someone in between whose name escapes me right now. Now they got Jake Ferguson, who's playing pretty well. Um, so what are you doing with Dallas Cowboys tight end, Jake Ferguson? I know this probably hurts you, but I'm, I'm avoiding Jake Ferguson. and It doesn't because... I like Jake Ferguson, but he's still a cowboy, so it doesn't really hurt me that bad. We're, yeah. we're good. <laughs> I, you know, I've, I've really struggled with this one because all these guys are really good that we're talking about here. Jake Ferguson has six weeks as a top 12 tight end. Now, Mike, can I also tell you about my buy real quick? Do this do this together. Sure. If you don't mind. I'm avoiding Jake Ferguson. I'm buying Cole Komet. And I struggled with these two guys. I had Trey McBride as myself, and – to add to what I said earlier, he only has two games with more than 10.2 fantasy points. So the upside I have not seen consistently. That's why I'm not willing to buy in just yet. But uh, looking at Cole Komet and Jake Ferguson, they came down to be either my avoid or my buy. And I struggled with this one. I put them together. So Jake Ferguson, is, as I said, six weeks as a top 12 tight end. Cole Komet, six weeks as a top 12 tight end. Cole Komet, tight end nine on keep trade cut. Jake Ferguson, tight end 10 on keep trade cut. Cole Komet, 11.2 fantasy points per game. Jake Ferguson, just a little bit under at 10.2 fantasy points per game. But here's the difference maker, Mike. Both these guys are out there and they're scoring fantasy points about the same average. But Jake Ferguson, one game over 15 points. Cole Komet, four games over 15 points. At the tight end position, I want the upside. I'm buying Cole Komet. I'm avoiding Jake Ferguson. I don't care if Jake Ferguson averages four points while Cole Komet averages two points on their games where they don't do very well. It's going to suck either way. I don't care about that floor at the tight end position because I don't care about the difference between two points, five points, whatever it is. When those guys don't do well, they don't do well. It's it's pretty carpet statement there. Carpet instead of blanket statement. I made a new one there. But give me the upside with Cole Komet and buying Cole Komet, avoiding Jake Ferguson. Well, Nate, I guess I could kind of combine combine some of these guys too because I'm holding Jake Ferguson. He's tight end 10 on the year. Things are looking up. He appears to be Rain Dakota Prescott's second option in Dallas. It's CeeDee Lamb. For the most part, it's Jake Ferguson. I understand that he's only had, uh, would you say, one game over yeah. 15 points? Look, man, 15 points for a tight end that you paid the price of Jake Ferguson for, that's an outlier. 
you know, we're happy with 10, 11, 12 points. And I know it sounds like we're settling, but this is what the tight end landscape is where you just, unless you have one of those top three guys, you're not getting those huge boom weeks. But I'm also buying a guy like Cole Komet for reasons like that. I mean, look at what Cole Komet's done this year. He's tight end six on the season. He's got, by the way, fantasy pros, please put targets before receptions because you got me all screwed up. (laughs) He's got 49 catches for 439 yards, and he's got five touchdowns. Also, please put touchdowns before plays of 20-plus yards or more. You guys are killing me. Um, And that was with Tyson Bajent. Am I saying that correctly? I believe so. Bajent, I don't know. I have a hard time with that. We know that also people on Twitter, Badgent is not the guy. Justin Fields isn't the best pure passer. He's been doing a lot of running, but I do like the rapport that they have with each other. I'm definitely buying in on Cole Komet. I would pay a first round pick for Cole Komet. If I knew it was a late first, I would do it. I don't think you could get him for less, to be honest with you. Yeah, it might be difficult to get him for less. I agree. That, that's the problem. If not, then you're going to have to buy a guy like Jake Ferguson. If you want to spend less on a starting tight end, you know, or you're going to have to pay down. You have to pay up for these good young players, or you could pay down for a guy like Logan Thomas is down there a little bit. Johnu Smith, also known as the best tight end in Atlanta. I mean, you could really scrape the bottom of the barrel. Tight end 18 right now is Kate Otten. He's going to be cheaper. Nobody really wants to buy Kate Otten. Yeah. But if you want the consistency, you want the productivity, you have to pay up for this position. That's yeah. just how it is. Well, Mike, that leaves us with one guy left. One guy. George Kittle. George Kittle. And it looks like you're doing what? I'm holding. I'm holding on the George Kittle. I know a lot of people are trying to sell George Kittle, but look what George Kittle does. He has been a tight end three or you know, five games. I, I've been doing this thing with 15 points here. We talked about it earlier with the guys. Five games with 15 points, um, George Kittle. And not just 15 points, but also in all of those games, he was tight end three on the week or better. So he gave you that top three production at the position five times so far this season. Um, that ceiling, it's part of that unmatched ceiling where only him, Kelsey, Andrews, a couple of these guys have that kind of ceiling. George Kittle has that. And I think a lot of people are down on him right now, and rightfully so because the 49ers have a lot of target competition. Um, you know, when George Kittle had like 113 yards the other week, he only had it on three receptions. So, you know, the volume isn't quite there for him to be a consistent, you know, fantasy monster like Kelsey has been, like Hawkinson was. But George Kittle still has become a game changer for your team if you have him in the tight end position. You can't yeah. not start him, and his floor is not any lower than really any of these other tight ends. He did have a, a goose egg earlier this season, unfortunately. But that ceiling, it's it's – it's pretty unmatched in the tight end landscape right now. So holding on to him still. And I'm selling him for basically all of the reasons that you said. And I think I could get the most for him out of this entire list. And that's why now, of course, if I'm a contending team, he's staying in there. He's going in my lineups. If not, if I'm a middling team and I don't think I'm going to make any noise in the playoffs or I'm a bad team, if I'm a bad team, I should have already sold George Kittle. But if I'm right in the middle and I was holding on hopes, I think I can make a run, but realistically, I don't think I can. I'm going to move him. And, you know, he's going for a 24 first. I saw a staggered first, a 24 and a 25. I did see a very odd trade on DLF's Trade Finder where he was moved for Greg Dulcich and Jake Ferguson. And I don't really know how I feel about that. I don't mind moving him for Ferguson. I would love to buy Kittle for that. Yeah, I mean, you all know that I am a Greg Dulcich fan, 
but I am also concerned because of the injuries here. It's not looking good. I'm going to give Dulcich one more shot next year, and if not, he's getting off my rosters. But this is a case where it should be – I'd rather do Kittle for Ferguson in a second, just considering how Ferguson is still a top-10 tight end. But it's still a big tear down. Here's another one. I kind of like this one a little bit better. Kittle for a Chig and a second. Chig not as productive this year, but you're getting that second-round no. pick. So um, I don't know. I don't like that one as much. Yeah. Not a big fan of Chig, not a big fan of anyone on the Titans offense, to be honest. I, I like Chig. I'll tell you who I do like on the Titans offense as DeAndre Hopkins. He's been really consistent all year, um, even with poor quarterback play from Ryan Tannehill and inconsistent quarterback play from Will Levis. So, Nate, let's roll through it again. Tell us who your buy, sell, hold the void was. All right. I'm buying Cole Komet. I'm selling Trey McBride. I'm holding on to George Kittle. I'm avoiding Jake Ferguson. All right. I am – let me scroll back down. Buying Cole Komet, selling George Kittle, holding Jake Ferguson, and avoiding you if you don't try our seven-day trial of our Patreon for free. Also avoiding Trey McBride. Come check it out. Tell me what you think when you're in there. DM me. Say hi. I'd love to hear from you. And until next time, everybody, for Nate, I'm Mike. Thank you for listening. If you want to level up above your competition, we invite you to become a member of our Patreon. For as little as $1 a month, you get access to our Discord chat, where advice is at your fingertips 24-7. When you level up to our 5 or $10 tiers, you get bonus podcasts, rankings, and specific tier-based chats. We are offering a free 7-day trial for a limited time, so head to patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Rewind and tier up now. All right, everyone, that is going to do it for us this week. But if you're headed to a game, make sure you check out SeatGeek.com. It's your one-stop shop for all things live events. It offers the best price available. Use the promo code DYNASTYREWIND. You'll get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Don't forget, if you want to play some best ball, head on over to Underdog. It's the easiest buy-in in fantasy football. And it's not having to worry about setting your lineups, man. That's what it's all about. So, again, underdog.com. Use the promo code REWIND. A 100% match on your first deposit up to $100. Visit our store over at payhip.com forward slash Dynasty Rewind. That's where you find our roster reviews. That's where you find all of our manuals and everything like that. Head on over there now. Grab some merch at spreadshop.com. Link is down below. And we want to see you in our community. And that is patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Rewind. But... Until next time, everybody, for my faithful co-hosts, Chev Nooney and Nate Christian, I'm your host, Michael Bauer. Be kind. Please rewind. Thank you for listening.